Welcome back, listeners. Today we are dropping another episode from our series called The Tutelage of Treehouse. The team at Treehouse is on a mission to diversify the tech industry through accessible education, unlocking opportunity, and empowering people to achieve. In our series, we will be talking to leaders and students in the program to learn about how Treehouse has impacted their lives, businesses, and careers. Well, today I have Graham Morby on the Code Story podcast. He is a senior software engineer working as a dev for hire. He is working in Python, PHP, JavaScript, Vue, was coding basic back in the 90s, hacking games in the Commodore 64, and and he's been doing computers since before they were cool. Graham, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Before we jump into your path into technology and learning coding, tell me a little bit more about you. I'm just turning 40, (laughs) which is a crazy milestone, right? I've been interested in tech since since I first saw, you know, a Nintendo back in the 80s. And I actually thought I was going to end up in hardware at one point because I enjoyed hardware. I like Christmas for me was the new latest graphics card to play Tomb Raider on my really ancient PC, you know. Couple that with music, it's kind of gone hand in hand, really. Life has always been about tech, new phones. My wife hates it because I'm always like, oh, there's a new phone out and it's got this really cool feature and I need it. She's like, but you've just got your latest phone. I'm like, yeah, I know, but it doesn't have this feature. So tech's always been a huge part of my life, but I did come into it as a profession really late on. I didn't do university. I didn't do college. And I'm going to say this and I think I'm correct. In the UK, it was really difficult in the late 90s to get into tech at a university college level because it was the late 90s, right? I left school in 97 and we were still rolling on plug in the wall internet. And if your dad needed to use the phone, you had to unplug it and drop your connection. So I'll be like halfway through a Mortal Kombat cheat for my Sega Saturn or something. And he's like, I need to use the phone. I'm like, no, you know, <laughs> sometimes wish we could go back to those days, if I'm honest, because they were good days. You know, I was on the server when Doom first dropped. I remember getting my first ADSL connection, which was 256 K bits and watching the Foo Fighters live on AOL. And I actually thought like, this is the future, man. You know, I'm watching this concert live. I can't believe it. It's like three in the morning. My parents are asleep in the bedroom. I bugged them and bugged them. Can I have this ADSL connection? I'll pay for it. You know, I'm I'm, I'm about 18 at this point. And two weeks later, World of Warcraft happened. It's always been tech-based life. I remember getting my first word processor, electronic word processor. I remember getting my first laptop and I've always tried to stay up. And obviously coding was a natural progression to be able to, you know, in development and software engineering was a natural progression and the music as well. I actually was, um, I've toured the US actually as a musician. Really? Right. Well, that's amazing. Who did you play with? I played, I headlined, toured the West Coast as a uh, country music musician. No kidding. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I did some good stuff. I played, I, I, did Folsom and all up with Johnny Cash country and all that, you know, and, uh, oh, it was so cool. Yeah. So music's been a big part as well, but ultimately development always wins. So, um, that's, that's where I'm at. It's cool. It's good stuff. You know, we were talking before, uh, before we hit record about a book you're working on. Tell me more about that book. I've seen a lot of these books around Python for kids, PHP for children, you know, learn front end development as 11 year old. And they're very functionally good and they do teach the basics really well, but it's not exciting. I was sat one day with my laptop with no code to write and I thought, okay, I'm going to start writing this story. The story is a way to excite kids to enjoy and think what they could do with programming and introduce 
programming fundamentals and, and languages through a story as opposed to just, this is a function. This is how you do a try-catch loop in JavaScript. And as an adult, I think you can sit there and you can sort of go, okay, these books are teaching me what I need to know. But as a, as a kid, they're excited about Fortnite, Minecraft, Pokemon, and what's for Christmas and what's for birthday, right? You know, they don't like school. Some kids do, but a lot of kids don't like school, don't like, you know, and then I think you also get to like an age where you have to sit there and say, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And they say, I have no idea. So it's a book that tells a story about Earth's use of the internet. Um, I'm not going to go into massive details about plot and story and stuff, but it's one it's one child's job. I feel like I should do a Rod Ren, Reynolds voice now. It's one child's job to keep the internet on for the rest of the world. And that is the book. I love it. Fantastic. I appreciate you sharing that. Well, tell me more about how you got into programming, right? I hear the hardware, you know, you've been into computers for a long, long time, but you stepped into programming professionally at some point. Tell me about that journey and how how you got there, because I understand you're self-taught. I am self-taught. I was working uh, I was working in print media. So I'd always done hardware up until around 2005, 2006-ish. So I got into a band. <laughs> it's all done through music. Music's a big thing here. I got into a band called Alter Bridge and Creed, right? And I wanted to set up in the, uh, this is pre-Facebook. So we had MySpace, I think, at the time. I had my MySpace profile and I wanted to set up a Creed website so I could share love of the band with other fans and try and meet and da, da, da. That was my first sort of real, I'm going to sit down and learn to code. I'd been doing programming in basic and stuff back in the Commodore days. And I'd sort of kept up with certain bits, but nothing crazy. And then obviously HTML, I think it was HTML. I want to say 4.01 transitional, which had XHTML inside of it. I can't remember which version it was. Anyway, so that's how I started. I think this was pre-CSS actually as well. I made this I made this thing for Alter Bridge. It was online. It was enjoyable. And then a friend of mine asked me if I could do something for their boxing gym. And I was using Adobe Firework to lay up the front end, getting the code and placing it, right? And then it got to a stage where I was like, this is not enough. I need to keep going and going and going. So there were companies in the UK at the time. I think I paid £16,000, which is about $20,000 for a certificate to say this guy knows coding. So I, I, I went through this training course, which was absolutely bona fide useless, by the way. It was awful. They taught me Adobe Photoshop, Adobe Firework and HTML. And then this new thing, CSS. I sort of went from there and then just started building and building and building and building until such time that I had a, not a strong portfolio, but just something that I could say, well, actually I can do this. And I started doing some sort of uh, freelance work. And then I really decided at that point, you know, this is, this is something I really get a kick out of. You know, it's a proper jam to do. And I really want to do this as a career, not knowing exactly what that career shape was going to look like. And this is something we don't do today. And I, I believe every developer should do. I phoned a company up and I said, I'm after a job as a junior developer. And they said, we haven't got any. And I said, well, can I work for you for free? And they said, well, yeah, you can, but you know, we're not guaranteed there'd be anything at the end of it. And I said, that's absolutely fine. And I did six months with this company for free. I would work for them during the day. And then at night I would come home, I'd eat. And then at night I would go back to my print job and work a night shift print job. And then come home, sleep for like three hours, get up, go to work. And I'd say I managed to get through like three months of that before I was like, this has got to stop because <laughs> I'm tired. And I managed to get through the next three months just on my sort of, 
I want to call it an internship because that's kind of what it was. Google was really big and AdWords were there. And what they did is they they had a car website for like, uh, so in the UK, we have this thing called MOT, where you have to take your car every year to be tested. If the company deem that your tests are right, you can carry on driving your car for another year, right? So they'd have a website that would be for like this thing called MOT car servicing in London. They'd add word the whole thing to be like London MOT, London car servicing, blah, 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 and generate leads from those ad words and then sell the leads to companies within the area. <laughs> for a buck right so what my job was was to take our car servicing mot skin find the word london in the code and change it to newcastle to leeds and that was my job right and then they say right we've done all the car servicing ones for the whole country we're going to do carpet cleaning so then my next job was to get this carpet cleaning website and change all the location data and stuff and then eventually they would sell the site to a local garage within that area for a premium that was my apprenticeship really but in there, I met a really good PHP developer who was using CodeIgniter at the time, and he taught me some PHP. It was the first time I'd ever used uh, Bootstrap. So at the end of the six months, they said to me, you can have a full-time job. You've done really well. And oh, and by the way, here's like five grand for your six for your internship, which was great because I wasn't expecting anything, you know. So I bought myself a nice new Mac with it. So it was awesome. That's how I got into it. And then ever since then, it's just been trying to move as quick as I can through the up the steps to get to senior developer and, uh, and build up my skill set and my CV and my knowledge. And yeah. I, I would love to move into your journey in it then. So in the terms of the, the myriad amounts of online content and training, right? As a developer, you could Google something and you will get 30 YouTube channels, a couple of Udemy courses, a bunch of blog posts that may or may not be accurate or, or relevant. How do you go about staying sharp in your field and how do you sift through the noise? What, you know, how do you sift through the noise of the online content? If I'm honest, I don't look at it. I don't know if that's a really lame answer to the question. Programming is, is functional. It has to serve a function. You can't know everything and you only need to know something when you need to do a function, right? If it needs to do something. So in my mind, it's like you can be the best React developer in the world but I could ask you something you've never done before and suddenly you melt in your seat because you've never had to work with that function. Do you know, I need you to do this. The function is this and the end result is this. And they can kind of go, oh, how do I do that? I always say to people like 95% of what we do as programmers is figuring out how to do something. 5% is actually applying it. If we lead on to Treehouse, so 2013, 14, I needed to learn Bootstrap. They were the first, if I remember, the first hit on Google to come out with Treehouse. That uh, was Treehouse for Bootstrap content. I went in, I liked what they did, I liked how they delivered it, and I stayed. And it's provable. If I go to an employer, a recruiter, and say, I, I know Bootstrap, they can say, well, how do we know? And I can say, well, there's my certificate course. You know, there's my profile on Treehouse. You can see the courses that I've undertaken. I can't cheat that. If you go to YouTube, I can't prove that that person's watched that video and knows the skill that I'm trying to teach. And that's where code schools and I think investment in your education is really important. If you really want to be a developer and you really want to go out and learn to code, it's not just time investment. It's a, you have to monetarily invest because as an employer, if I've got two developers in front of me and one can say I can do it and one can show me they can do it via a profile or a GitHub or whatever, this guy's going to win each time because I can see a reputable 
profile with Treehouse and I can see a GitHub profile that they've added the code to. So I've seen they've written it because you can't cheat that stuff, you know. I only search stuff online if I need to know it. I've got books. I've got books and books and books and books on programming, you know, and sometimes I'll grab one of those and just flick through and find the thing because I like the word you used of noise. There is a lot of noise out there. You end up watching so much, you get overwhelmed. And I, and I think in a way that can really hinder someone's career progression. I absolutely agreed. I like what you said about provable too, that aspect of being able to show. I have invested in my knowing, my education and my knowing what I'm doing. You mentioned something you know, about Treehouse that I want to dig into a little bit. You, you found it, you liked it, and you stayed. Tell me more about that. You, you liked it and you stayed. The, the liked it aspect, what did you like about it? And then the state aspect, you know, coding's functional, right? It, you're solving a problem when you're going to go learn a language, right? And so I would, I would imagine that you went back to Treehouse to learn something because you needed to do something. So I'd love to hear more stories about that. The liked it. I like the way they deliver the content. The UI is very nice. It was a very functional UI at the time. And I love the tracks. And I, you know, they've got this tracks thing where you... You're almost on a train track working your way along video after video, code test. You know, they, they do code examples. They ask you to write code and they check it. And I really like that progression because it feels to me like almost that gaming achievement thing on like an Xbox where you, you knock an achievement out and stuff like that. And I really like that. And that's and I think that's they, they do that really well. And it's the best I've seen it done, actually. They, they do it really, really well. So I was very much a mover in. I learned a bit of PHP in my first role. And I decided that my next step forward would be a PHP stroke. We'd call it a full stack developer now, you know, uh, PHP with front end. So Treehouse got used at that time after the bootstrap course to then start learning to, 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 to properly map out a, a path for PHP. So I could then move forward in my career. The big thing for me was always, I always felt like I had to catch up because at this point I'm late twenties and I'm just starting, you know, and a lot of juniors around me are 17, 18 year olds. So I always felt like I was like the old guy. There's a movie with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn called The Internship or The Intern, where they go to Google. That's how I, I felt in my career. And I always feel in my career, you know, because I'm like this old guy that everyone thinks is not cool, you know. <laughs> so, you know, so Treehouse really helped me with my PHP to then land my next role in development. And then I seemed to end up going into roles that were really finance insurancy heavy which is where .NET comes in. In the UK, if you, if you work in like a finance house or with insurances or, or with anything like that, you generally find it's a Microsoft environment with .NET, MBC4, 5, whatever. That's where Treehouse come in again. I, needed to, I, I had to quickly learn the... Uh, so .NET had this razor syntax on the front end where you, you coded into this razor, a bit like Blade and uh, Ginger, if you PHP, Python. And I had to learn that really quickly, so Treehouse obviously was my go-to. They've always seemed to manage to have what I'm needed at the time. I don't know if it's, you know, some serendipity or, or whatever, but they always seemed to be there when I needed something. And then sometimes I would just jump on and go, I wonder how, you know, Angular works because Angular was starting to roll around. So I tried it. I hated it, but I tried it. Um, <laughs> and and I, I learned that on Treehouse right up until the tech degree. So I've just done it. I've just finished my Python tech degree with them back in March which was sponsored by the company I work for now, which is Leighton. They, they sponsored and, and funded my whole training course, which is absolutely fantastic of them. And it was a case of, 
I, I wanted to learn Python. It's always been a language I fancied learning. It's always been something that I've been like, Do you know what? I think that would be a really good move for me as a career. It's a kind of Swiss army language, isn't it? You can do so much with it across so many different sectors and so many different places that I just thought, you know, let's, let's give it a, give it a well. And I spoke to Leighton about it and they said, well, what do you want to do? And again, as soon as I knew that they were willing to fund something, Treehouse Tech Degree, let's do it. You know, they're so valuable to not only have the package that way they set things up where you can sort of roll through the tracks, take the courses, knock those achievement, I'm going to call them achievements, they badges they called you, not these badges off as you go through. They also, within the tech degree, give you a tutor. You've got a community, you've got Slack channels you can go and talk on, you've got forums, and you can really immerse yourself in that training part and the module. And for me, that's that's so valuable because my tutor at the time, her name was Mel. She was absolutely brilliant. I may have been programming and I know the understanding, but Python's, have, you know, when you start getting to like, oh, it doesn't work because you've not tabbed it and stuff like that, it becomes a real like, oh, my God, really? You know, JavaScript, just chuck a semicolon on and off you go. You know, it doesn't matter what it looks like, you know, as long as Python, you know, and it's made my code a lot better, actually. They were just great. It was really, really cool. And those tech degrees, if you've got the time and you want to invest in your career, they're just so good and you get so much out of them. I honestly believe I could quite easily go and tackle it with some good Python developers after doing that. A friend of mine who I work with at Leighton, he's um, a data scientist in Python and the stuff he does is absolutely unbelievable. But it's just Python. You know, and I can read it and I can go, I understand that. I completely get what that's doing. Whether I could write it myself, but I get it when I read it. And I think that's so important. That's because I've got the underpinning of this core language. And I think that's what development needs to get back to. And I think with companies like Treehouse and doing what they're doing and teaching these core languages and saying, you know, I know you want to do this view video and I know you want to do this React video, but you need to understand JavaScript first. So we're going to take you on this track from I know I can just I can start a, a Hello World console log right the way through to I can build a fully functioning application in in a framework you know we were chatting earlier and you were telling me kind of some of your thoughts around telling people how coding really is how development really is i'd love to hear your thoughts on you know as it relates to learning but also as it relates to the real world of being a software developer and and your purview on that 90 percent of everything i've ever worked on has been secondhand code by which i mean i've never i never wrote the thing to start with there's learning curves in that three months, six months of trying to figure out someone else's brain. That's literally what we're trying to do. 90% of worked, what I've worked on hasn't been written in the last four to five years. It's been written before that. So you're dealing with old tech, old languages. And that's generally the truth. That's, that's generally how it is. It's not all startups. It's not all branded water bottles and polo shirts. It's, I, th- I think it's still like 68% of the World Wide Web or, you know, I don't know if that's a new, if, if that's the, still the way that we pronounce it in the, in this age, but it's still built on WordPress and PHP. Finance houses are still using MVC3, MVC4. So the likelihood of you, of your career starting at a Google or a Spotify or a Facebook or, or someone like that is really slim. The chances are it's going to be for Acme Limited down the street that need a developer to come in and sort out their their data center or sort out their website or one of the jobs I had once was to move a Microsoft SQL server to a MySQL and port all the data across. And I had a hard stack 
SQL Server and I had a hard stack Linux server in the same building and I had to figure a way of getting that data from there and put it on there and not lose any of it and also make sure it all still works. And we're dealing with hard stack computers that at some point will blow up. <laughs> I, I, I talked about Layton where I work now. I work in a position now where it's, it is very much, you know, a lot of greenfield stuff, a lot of brand new projects, and they're very conscious about making sure the developers are happy. And they're a wonderful company to work for, but I only know that from going through all of the hard graft, you know, and the rubbish that I've had to deal with. I worked in an R&D environment. We were working with the Stellar Network. Uh, the cryptocurrency, where the owner of the company wasn't a great developer. He knew a bit about it, but he was a miner essentially. But he would give us post-it notes of what he wanted and then say, I need that by Friday. And then at one point he, and I mean, this is, this is the horror stories I'm saying, but at one point he sat us down, me and a friend of mine, he sat us down in his office. We were building something that we didn't even know was going to be released. We had hardly any experience in building blockchain because it was really new at the time. We were learning blockchain we were learning the technology. We were learning how to code it, how to interact with the blockchain, and then trying to visualize all this data in Vue. And at the time, Vue 2 had not long been out. And we got sat down and, and they said to us, I feel we're only going to give this until Friday. And if this is not finished, I think we're going to part ways. And this was Tuesday afternoon. You know, and that's, that's the reality of what we do. You know, sometimes there are deadlines. Sometimes there are tough calls. Sometimes there are hard decisions. And... Sometimes you've just got to get your hands dirty and get it done, you know, and not worry about whether it's, you know, some lint is telling you it's fine or does my code work well with this flash API that someone's built and I've run it through this code checker that tells me whether it's Web3 compliant and all that. Just build it. I guess for me, it's, it's the realization that, you know, it, there is a glamour side to what we do, but there's also the reality of it is that it's a really tough, hard, mind bending job. You could be on a code bug for three days and it's a missing semicolon or it's a missing comma, you know? And, and at the end of the three days, you're like, I'm done. I had hair before I started development. I've got none now. That's fantastic. Well, Graham, this has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, learning more about you, about your story, becoming a senior developer and all of the, the, the learnings that you've got and the value you've gotten from Treehouse. And I love your perspectives on the, uh, the developer industry as a whole. So I really appreciate you being on the show today. I appreciate you having me. It's been fun to sit and talk about all cool things. So it makes a change. So yeah, it's cool. Well, there you have it. How the senior developer got his start and keeps current using the platform at Treehouse. Well, this concludes our series titled The Tutelage of Treehouse, sponsored by our good friends at Treehouse. You can learn more about their opportunities for learning at teamtreehouse.com.